Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am big. The picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Yo, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your what host, Mark Riccadonna. And with me as always. Richie Byrne. What the hell was that? Did you see that? What? The audience didn't see it, but did it always count down? I saw that just, yeah, I just know. I think, uh, Joey, will you come out real quick? Joey, get out here. Yeah, that's new. It's new? I was hoping you guys would notice. It was was really cool. We got to tell the audience before... Because they don't see it, right? Or do they? Uh, they some they see a little bit of it. So okay. instead of just a black screen, they'll see the numbers counting down. You, I try, guys. I I'm like doing it. my best, dude. Shoot, you are the best. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, just so you know, Giannis is backstage. Just so you guys know. Yeah, yeah thanks, Giannis. Thanks. All right. Take a nap, Giannis, while you're back. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Well, we have Giannis on, and in a Greek fashion, we're a little late. That's very exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, but, Richie, it's good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, before we get started, you and I wanted to talk about a really great yeah. actor. Yes, the um, great, the talented, the legend. We lost Fred Willard over the weekend, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, so... We wanted to get it in today. Uh, he was just one of the most amazing. He was the best straight yeah. man in comedy. Yeah, and and yes, and just could play stupid almost as well as you. you know? <laughs> well, I'm not playing. <laughs> so Brian Flammer's in the house. So um, Fred Willard died. I think he was 86, something like wow. that. And uh, I remember him back in the 70s from Fernwood Tonight and all that. He was just amazing uh. for Martin and then, of course, he he went huge when he when he did um, Spinal Tap and yeah. met Chris Guest. And we have a clip of him talking about it. So let's roll the clip. My agent called and they said um, uh, Rob Reiner called and he and Harry Shearer and them have this movie. Uh, Spinal Tap is about a hard as a metal heavy metal group, and they come to an, an Air Force base and you were the officer at the Air Force base who greets them. And I said, um. I'm going to be this jerk. You know, they're going to be a hip group. I said, no, I don't want to do it. So he's, no, they really want to talk to you. I said, Irvin, I don't, I just don't want to do that. It's, you know, I, I'm tired of playing characters where I'm always this square guy. He says, why don't you just go out and talk to them? I said, okay, I knew Harry Shear. I kind of knew Rob Reiner. And I went out and they said, look, at uh, Rob and Harry are out to lunch, but they'd want, want, want you to watch this little six or seven minute uh, tape they've made. So I said, okay. So I watched it and it was so extraordinary. I said, I can't believe that they're improvising and this, these are not real people. So Rob and Harry Shear came back from lunch. I said, I've got to be in this movie. They said, okay, well, we should talk to your agent about money and bill. I said, no, no, I don't care about it. Just, I, I want to be in the movie. So I went down, I did the movie, I did the scene and they did about three takes from my point of view, the group coming in. It was all improvised. Then they did turn one around on me and, um, uh, it, it just whatever came up came up. I felt kind of free because I knew Michael McKeon, I knew Harry Shear. I didn't know Chris Guess that much, but I knew who he was. And then Rob Reiner said, "Now, Fred, 
later today, there's another scene uh, where they're, they're performing and they sent out a laser beam or something, want to get a shot of you in the audience ducking. And I said, well, Rob, my mom is in town and I'm not spending that much time with her. You know, I didn't, I didn't know where this movie was ever going to be seen. I said, it's just as soon, you know, I did this scene, let me go home. Oh, sure, okay. So by the time it came out, I, uh, I don't even know if it was that popular when it first came out. Um, but it sure was. It was recently voted the number one rock and roll movie of all time, uh, which is great to be in. And, of course, that led to me being in a lot of his uh, Christopher Guest's other movies. So um, it was an afternoon well spent. Visit to a military facility. Find me. I start by saying how thrilled we are to have you here. We are such fans of your music and all of your records. I'm not speaking of yours personally, but the whole genre of the rock and roll and so many of the exciting things that are happening in music today. And let me explain a bit about what's going on. This is our monthly at ease weekend. It gives us a chance to kind of let down our hair, although I see you all have a head start on it. These haircuts wouldn't pass military muster, believe me. Although I shouldn't talk, I, my hair's getting a little shaggy too. Better not get too close to you, they'll think I'm part of the band. <laughs> <laughs> I better not get too close, I'm a little too. He's the, the best band. straight man in the business. And that's why I'm wearing my Smell the Glove Spider. There you tag. go. All 1984 right. tour. Look at you set up. He's right yeah. though, it wasn't a big hit. But it came out right at the time where rentals started. And oh. everybody rented that friggin' movie, you know? And that made it a cult, a cult classic. That's what I remember, you know? <laughs> so a cult, I think it came out like 81, whatever. And then in 83 or whatever, rentals became a big deal. Yeah. All, you know, and, and everybody rented that fucking movie, man. And, you know, and, he, and then he's been, I mean, you know, he was on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond and... Um, Modern Family, and you know he's been in all of Chris Guest movies. Every so. Chris Chris Guest is my hero. That's uh, as a director, that's who I would aspire wow. to be. I love Chris Guest, and, yeah. and uh, I love my, Ralph Reiner. Oh so, yeah, so. one of my favorite scenes. I, I wanted to play this. I know uh, we we really need to jump into our guest, but I, I have to play this clip. He's he's okay. He's sleeping. He's <laughs> this uh, this clip, best in show, was. Uh, it's the best. I mean, there's nothing funnier than Fred Willard talking to these people. And apparently, they were real Westminster judges. So when he's saying this stuff, they're getting real reactions from these right. people. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's play it. She has really given them a thorough going over. Are all judges that thorough? I mean, yes, she looks yes. at the teeth. It's very important that all the attributes are examined. Uh, teeth, eyes, Rubs ears, gums. Am I seeing right? Where is she putting her hands now? She really did She's grab it. Oh. the dog's uh, testicular area to make, sure, <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin, have her judge <laughs> me. That would be no fun. <laughs> all right, we got a great guest. Such a great guest. Excited so, to have him here. Yes, uh, we have a little, little clip of his. He's he's one of the top comics in New York. Absolutely love his stand-up. Yeah, he's a he's an old pal of Joel. So we're going to have Joel on. Are we bringing Joel first? Let's bring out Let's so bring out Joel. Joel. Uh, this is great. This is going to be great. Our, our, our guest host, who we fired. I'm rehired. We keep we, bringing him back. For his hopefully, hopefully two nights in a row. Well, Vecchio said you sucked. 
<laughs> Joel knows where the bodies are buried, so we have to uh, we keep bringing them back. <laughs> All right, we got a clip. We got a clip here of Giannis Papas. Let's look at it. Yeah, dude, it's a good time to be alive. We got to take a second to appreciate how comfortable a civilization we live in right now, you know? Yeah, it's like we don't really work. Nobody really, like, we don't even really work at work anymore. You know, what's a hard day for you now? It's like maybe there's, like, a strategy meeting at two you had to go to. You know, really interrupted a good Facebook scroll you were getting. Maybe you couldn't find your charger for 15 minutes or something. It gave you a real anxiety attack. That's why everybody nowadays has like anxiety, panic attacks. You know, it's a real modern day problem. I'm having a panic attack. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm having a panic attack. I need to take an Ambien to help me sleep. It's like, no, I'll tell you why you can't sleep. It's because you fucking did nothing all day long. Your body is not tired. That's why you can't sleep. Ask your grandparents if they've had trouble sleeping. Hey, Grandpa, do you ever have a panic attack and not be able to sleep? He's going to go, what? <laughs> oh, I laid down and fell asleep immediately because we were building the Brooklyn Bridge all day. So I was like, 14 Irishmen fell into the water. They're dead now. But what's the hashtag you're following? What is it? Hashtag resist. Okay, now let's go. <laughs> Without so further ado, yeah, my good friend, Giannis Pappas. Giannis. Yeah, he's laying down. He's laying down. He had a full day today. That's why he's tired. Thanks thanks for the preparation, Giannis. You look really ready. I'm ready to go, man. I've been backstage. You know, I got my cigar. I got my dick in my hand. I'm ready. (laughs) Don't get him confused. What kind of chat room is this? I mean, where are we going with this? Cause this is this is this is spicy. I like it. <laughs> Don't get the cigar in your dick confused. Yes. One tastes way worse than the other. Nice. What do you Joel, got there? Joel, do you see my uh, you see my moniker there, Joel? Oh, I, I saw it about five minutes ago, and I already started sweating. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> buddy, we go we go back away. We go back a long ways, and uh, and his name is Soljo, otherwise known as the Coog Whisperer. <laughs> oh, buddy! Joel, Joel has Joel has actually gotten lots of tax breaks from the he does he has done in his past. I don't know about now. I don't know what's going on. I haven't caught up with him in a while. But you know. The the kid does a service for he does a service for society that he needs to be commended for. <laughs> it's a t- oh my god! I mean, Joel, you invited me out. What did you want to talk about? The quarantine. <laughs> my, my favorite thing in the world is every time Joel's on, it becomes a roast. Oh, it's terrible. Giannis, <laughs> uh, do me one favor. Just move the. The tin cup and the string that you're talking through closer. <laughs> Is it choppy? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm talking to you on I'm talking to you on my on my next tell. <laughs> I'm jealous of that. How cigar. many? 
Now, how many people are tuning into this? Joel, did you contact any meetup groups to watch this? <laughs> Jesus, he's... Look, Joel froze. <laughs> we lost Joel. Joel. Joel, how many over 40-year-old South Jersey book club meetup groups are watching this? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <not even> on. <laughs> I guess we Joel, should. Uh... Joel, when is when can I get back to whatever to the to the robin's nest? <laughs> I think he froze again, or he's mad. I you're, don't know. You're heckling the shit out of him, and he dropped out like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Brian oh, Flammer said Giannis broke Joel. <laughs> What's well, going on? Where are you? I am quarantined in the home. I'm presently in a room. My wife's in the other room. She's watching whatever godforsaken show she's watching. There he is, the Coog Whisperer. <laughs> Buddy, we haven't caught up in a while. How's it going, brother? Good. How you doing, babe? Uh, I, 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 the, your, your wedding was unbelievable. <laughs> no, Joel. No segues, Joel. No segues. Let's go back to be honest. I love Joel so much. I've known him for so long. I have so many good memories with Joel all up and down South Jersey. I've done so many interesting, beautiful, and glorious, and also not so beautiful and glorious gigs with him. I did a show once in Pittsburgh for just his grandfather. It was just his grandfather. I mean, we drove all the way to Pittsburgh. No, that, then we went to Cincinnati. Then we went to sit. We drove 25 hours. And if you ever drove, if you ever have driven with Joel, you're truly putting your own life in your hands because when you talk to him, he makes actual eye contact with you. He will turn yeah. his head all the way to the side to look at Even you. Even if you're in the back seat. Yeah, if you're in the back seat, he will turn around and look at you. He will check his phone while it's happening. I mean, the kid the needs to be behind bars, is what I'm saying. He should be put behind bars. He's a fucking threat to the South Jersey area. Where was he on the roast episode? Oh, my God. God is just so excited to be here doing this. We've never had a guest that's excited, Giannis. I mean, me and Joel, I mean, you know, you, I go back, me and Joel go back to the Soul Joel fucking, what was it, the PT Cruiser? The kid had a PT Cruiser that's right. with a logo on it. It looked like we were a small plumbing company that was rolling up to do a show. I mean, there was one point, there was one point where, you know, we did a show out somewhere in South Jersey and, you know, I, I went and spent the night with someone in the audience and, uh, and then in the morning, and then in the morning, and then in the morning, she just looked out the window and saw a soul, the soul Joel vehicle coming to pick me up at 7 a.m. I mean, you know, and her daughter was in the house too. That was just a moment where I figured, you know what, her daughter's gonna need therapy at some point because her mom's banging dudes who are getting picked up in a clown van at seven a.m. in the morning in South Jersey. Joel froze again, or he's stunned. Are you still oh, there, buddy? Good stories. Joel, maybe you should get near the router. We got me and Joel have a lot of fun times. I remember once in Atlantic City. Is he gone? Yeah, go ahead. We don't yeah. care. God, everybody in the audience wants to hear. One time we're in Atlantic City. I mean, you know, he would find just such creative places to do gigs, as you guys probably know. Yes. Yeah. 
And you know, I like I this. A, yeah, I've done. I mean, I did a gig once in a backyard in Staten Island. He would do. He's always got some fundraiser going on. So he's like, "We're raising money for for uh, the wrestling team from the Ukraine." <laughs> and and uh, so we've all we've done all types of gigs. But I remember once in in um in uh at a gig uh. I ha- I wanted to get out of a room, you know. I was like, I was, I was hooking up with somebody. I wanted I wanted to get out of it, and so I I texted Joel like early in the morning, and I said, just text me and say that we got to go pick up flyers at Kinkos. <laughs> so then he texted me and he goes, yeah, we got to go pick up flyers at Kinkos. And I told her I was like, I'm sorry, you got to go. I got to go. I got to go meet Joel. We got to go pick up flyers. She went. It's six forty five in the morning. And I was like, you know, we got to promote for the show tonight, you know? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember? <laughs> she was like, you're going to go, do you remember you're gonna go hand out flyers at 7 in the morning? I was like, yeah, you know, Joel's a hard worker. You know, he wants Early to bird there. special. <laughs> yeah, we got to. Yeah. You know what it is? The girl Joel picked up was already out and at breakfast by the time. Yeah, no, the girl that got, yeah, the girl that Joel picked up. Yeah, totally. She had to be back to her home. Uh, she had to be back to the senior home. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jolie, the fucking best. Number one. Number one. Number fucking one in the country sold Joel. You know, I can't believe this quarantine happened because in, on a serious note, you know, I remember Joel talking for years and years. We were talking about him opening up his own club, and then he finally opened his own club. I was so happy for him. I was, I was booked to come down, and then the fucking coronavirus. So, I, what's going on with your club? Is it gonna, is it gonna be okay? It's over. It, no, it's, it's. I mean, we're gonna, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine, man. We'll probably have to open up at half capacity or, or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we'll be okay. Whatever so, happens, man, you did it, and you should be proud of that. You know, it's like years and years and years of grinding, and then you opened up your club, and you made that music video where you were walking, looking awkward. What was that? What was that song? <laughs> look, look at mom, we made it. But, yeah, that that promo was about three minutes too long, Joel. <laughs> I got the idea hey. when the song came on, and you were walking. I mean, you walked all the way from fucking your home. You walked from your mom's home all the way to the fucking club. <laughs> Buddy, I'm just honored that you took time to watch it out of your busy schedule of laying down. Thank you so much. Of course you're going to watch it. I keep up with you all the time. You're one of my favorites. One of my favorite people on the planet. Oh, look, he sat up. This is nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, he... Uh... I, you know, Joel, I, me and Joel came up together, man. We did, you know... Can you believe how fast time goes, Joel? I mean, we're talking about... It's like over 10 years, correct? Yeah, it's uh probably uh 12, 12 years now, 13 years. Wow. Yeah, Giannis used to be the first co- well, you're the first comic that I manage and you would be the first comic I put in and uh and open up rooms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Grand well, opening, I, grand closing. Dude, I I I've, I've fucking known you since Richie Byrne was like 56 years old, man. <laughs> <fucking long. laughs> long time ago. But so many road trips with the dog. Remember the dog at, at we stayed at my parents' uh, a shore house, and my mom made fruit salad, this barbecue with my stepdad, and, and the dog started eating out of the salad bowl. He thought this big, bowl, 
was that spoon? And you're like, dog, that's the family's. He yeah. goes, oh, like he thought my mom made him this entire fruit salad just for him. I mean, so many, dude, do you know how many like comics did your gigs like that ended up becoming like just big comics, Dan Soder, Nate Bargatze, the list goes on. I mean, the, the amount of double headliner shows you've had. I mean, who does a better double headliner show than you? Oh, uh, you're such a dick. Just do did, the did Richie text show. you right before the show? He did, no. he did it to I'm me saying, the other let's night. Do, let's do a 16 headliner show. <laughs> yeah. Let's make the flyer look like a fucking Zoom conference call, which is little squares. <laughs> it looks like the beginning. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that sitcom where the two families came together? Let's make the flyer look Brady. like the opening of that sitcom. It's the Brady Bunch comedy the Brady show. Brady Bunch, just fucking little squares. Sixteen headliner show. Did you? Did he really say that show where the two families come together? <laughs> One of the smartest comics in that New York City. Almost every sitcom I've ever fucking watched. I got dementia, dude. I got dementia. I got Corona. I got it all. Jesus. Wait. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, man, one of the things, and this is a true compliment to you. When I first, when you first started really hitting New York, really hitting the scene, I was working at Stand Up New York, and I heard your name constantly. And there was something inside of me that wanted to hate you. I just wanted to hate you because everybody was talking about you. And then one night, I saw you at Caroline's, and I was like, "Oh, I fucking get it. I get why everybody." Dude, Why you everyone hates such... this piece of shit? Well, <laughs> <No>. I... <laughs> but you, no. dude, you're such a great writer that when I watched you do stand up for the first time, I was like, I completely get why everyone talks about him. Everyone yeah. loves this guy. Giannis, I wanted to hate you, but then I heard you talk about Joel. <laughs> <laughs> now he's stuck. he's gonna be you the head of your fan club. You know, one night I was doing a show for Joel, and some girl was there that he had kind of been with. And he didn't want to be with her. And she came out with us for drinks. And Joel turns and he goes, you're not going home, okay? You're, you're staying with me tonight, all right? You're not. I go, why? He goes, just no matter what, you're staying at my house tonight. You're not going home. Don't. I go, well, Joel, I want to leave. He goes, you can't. You can't leave because I'm telling So when, I'm like, fuck. So now we're sitting at a table and he's sitting across from her. I'm sitting next to Joel. All of a sudden, Joel just goes, what do you want me to fucking do? The guy won't leave. The guy won't fucking <laughs> this is the low rent version of that Sinatra story when Don Rickles said, Hey, can you come by the table and say hi to everyone? And then when Sinatra came by and said, Hey, yeah. Don, how are you doing? Uh, can you see we're eating? <laughs> yeah. I mean, those, 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 all those roads, you know, it's just, it's just, it, it's just, it was so much fun. It's just so much fun. That's what, make, that's what makes comedy so you know, much fun. I tell people that all the time when they're starting out. I go, don't miss out on how much fun you're really having. Because you never have that much fun again. You just don't know you're having fun because you're, you're worried about, am I going to make it? How you know, I don't have money. Am I getting paid? But those are the best times in a comic's life, man, by far. Those early years. You know, you make your I, friendships. You couldn't yeah, say better, You always yeah. said that. You, you only come up one time. Yeah, you only you come only up one time, you know, and also like you only live once, you know, people, you know, people need to start focusing more on having a good time than trying to, you know, worry about money and stuff. Yeah, you were all here for a couple decades and then you fucking split, you know, so it's like you have a good time, have a couple laughs and, you know, 
be yourself, and then uh, it, it then it's over. It's a couple decades. I mean, we only got a couple decades more, and then we're out of here. I got less than that. Uh, you got a couple decades, probably. You're oh, good. Rich, you got like four or five hours. To me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what Dude, are we drinking? You drinking? Giannis is probably having an orange juice. He just got up. He's got no, a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a cigar. Uh, I'm not drinking, but I'm going to have a couple cold ones tonight. I'm going over to my buddy Paul Verzi's house, comedian Paul Verzi. We're going to watch uh, episode 9 and 10 of uh, of The Last oh. Dance. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I watched 9 last night. It was it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Which it's, been good, it's been – I'm going to miss – I'm going to miss – yeah, the last dance, the Michael Jordan thing. It's been uh, so. It, it, it's the only thing when you, if you're into sports, man, it's been like the only thing you fucking have for the last two and a half months. You know, uh, that's one of the weirdest things about this has been living without sports. It's really starting at first. First couple of weeks, I was like, you know, you kind of the world slows down. You're like, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm getting sort of a break from the rat race. But now it's like things. It's really surreal to live without, you know that normal that normalcy you're used to and one of those things is sports I'm, this is the longest I, I we've all gone without watching yeah. a live sporting event in our entire fucking lives yep you're right we we had a nascar driver on <laughs> yesterday and they raced sunday yeah and i could not wait for that race i was like <laughs> i was never a huge nascar guy but i'm like i am gonna watch some nascar man i gotta gotta see something competitive have you yeah, done I would tune into the WNBA right now. <laughs> Michael Jordan, best of all time, Giannis? By far. Not even close. Not e It's not even close. It's not especially even close watching that documentary. Yeah, for so many different reasons. But, you know, I mean, yeah, especially if anyone had any doubt, you should watch that documentary. A lot of people always talk about that, you know, when he went away for two years, how the Bulls were still good. But a lot of people forget that second year. I mean, they they were headed downhill till he came back. So he came know? back, and he was yeah. way out of shape. My buddy, way out of shape, but they carried him. You know, carried him to the Eastern Conference Finals. What? And, uh, what does it say about baseball when you play for almost two years and you go back to basketball when you're like, man, I'm out of shape. <laughs> fucking baseball. I still don't know how baseball players get hurt. I still don't Me understand you, how you, you get hurt. You know, hey, Giannis, you know what got me about that documentary was how much they were talking about how good he really was getting as a baseball player. I didn't realize that. And they might have been bullshitting a little, but the idea – he had like 60 RBI in his first season. He did, yeah. I mean, his average – I think he started – It was only 202 or something like that. But, you know, the guy, guy hasn't played in 18 years. I mean, the guy, he's a fierce, fierce, obsessive competitor – um, in an era where I think uh, I, it maybe basketball peaked because uh, the skill, the skill level, and the athletic prowess was was pretty similar to the, to it is to, to what it is today. But also the game was just a lot tougher. You could play defense, yeah, and, um, and you could oh. touch guys. Yeah, I, I think I think it's true. If Jordan played today, I think he would average forty. If you on him, if you're if you're looking at it back then, you're saying the only defensive schemes that they came up with to deal with him was to hurt him, was to hit him. Right, right. And then you go to an era where you can't even breathe on him. With, no. I mean, of course he's going to get 50. He'd average 50. Yeah. 
You're right, because they, yeah, they, I mean, they beat the shit out of him in the 80s. Oh, my, my God. My buddy Jason uh, said, spoiler alert, they beat the jazz, just so you guys know. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. So, Giannis, you doing it? Have you done any shows? Have you done any of those Zoom things or any? No, uh, I, we've just kind of thrown ourselves uh, full, full into podcasts. We've, uh, we've kind of expanded on it. We started doing a morning show. On our channel, uh, patreon.com slash Bay Ridge Boy. So every day, me and Chris DeStefano do a live show, a morning show, which is going really fun. Jesus Christ. So by morning show, do you mean like 6.15 yeah, at what night? Time? We do it 9, 9 a.m. live, Eastern. Um, and then it's up there all day. Uh, but it's 9 a.m. Eastern. We do it live and we, you know, discuss things, uh, news stories. And uh, it's, a, it's a real morning show. And it's... um. It's really turned into a hit with our fans, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's just so much fun, you know. As soon as the quarantine happened, we just uh, we said, "Hey, man, we got to just we're, we got nothing else going on, no shows, so let's do more content." So, because we have a podcast together, History Hyenas, and um, so we decided to start this morning show. And um, now it's like it's one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done in my entire career. So you guys far. went up like fifty percent over the quarantine, right? Like. Yeah. And on a Patreon members and stuff, like you guys have grown a yeah. lot over the last two months. And you do We've Monday grown. through Friday or or every day? Mon Monday through Friday. And Monday through Friday. It's a half hour, half hour live show. And um and then we got another show called No Nets that we do once a week. Um and that's uh the the time of that changes. But besides that and the podcast, um, you know, pretty busy just with that and focused on that and you know, that's it because not you know there's there's nothing we can do about anything else so there's no point to worry about it whenever the world opens up whenever comedy comes back <coughs> it'll, it'll be back but you know until yeah. well, then podcast yeah. away yeah, we've been doing yeah. this five nights a week since it's i mean literally since day one we were like let's just go live and do it every day that's great yeah, yeah. i yeah. watched a few of them man you guys are great the only problem is my liver's Looks like a football. Yeah, so yeah we drink when every sports day. comes back, I can at least play football with my fucking liver. Dude, uh, tell me about it. I am fucking eating like I'm staying at an all-inclusive resort. That's what it's like. <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm I'm feeling like I'm, I'm the Hard Rock in in Cancun. Anytime a little <laughs> pocket of air opens up in my stomach, I just fill it. Elio's Pizza. I mean, it's I, I'm blown out. I'm blown out. I'm a fat kid. <laughs> the the thing that I, I, I like when we came up is uh bar four man i just remember bar four and all the comics that i booked i met so many comics through you uh not only you know ones that you mentioned but mark norman ali wong they're all on ditch films too and you put them all becky own i met all these comics uh through you yeah well bar four was originally your room and then you kind of like kind of done with it or was it wasn't it you could weren't getting that many people you had kind of done one or two there and that was at the point where you were just doing rooms you know you would get a, you had like a hundred of them going so i lived in the neighborhood and i asked you like can i take over the room and you kind of gave me the room and i turned it into like a sort of monthly workout room and, and it kind of became no. like a legendary spot where i thought it, was, it became weekly every sunday i'm sorry that's what i meant weekly yeah and it kind of became a legendary spot like if you look back now it's like you know, the first show that Ali Wong did in New York was Bar 4. She was almost, she was there almost every week. We became really good friends. Uh, you have, Everyone obviously knows what happened with her. It's like, you know, Dan Soder, Nate Bargatze, Hannibal, Michael Che. Uh, the list goes on of guys that would come through there. And uh, it was a wild room. 
Um, I would just host and do like 40 minutes and make people angry. And uh, I'd get drunk on stage. And we had a couple well, of fist fights in there. It was a real well, you would book You would book comics and then they would leave and you'd go up on stage. When we came back from Cincinnati and the dog was hosting and, and you roasted them. You roasted. You're like, oh, did you, did Jamie Kilstein come up here? Was he like, ah, I hate America? Blah 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 blah. I think, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a wild. <laughs> it was a wild, wild, wild show, and uh, it was really fun. There was nothing like it. It was one of those shows that, uh, you know, happens because um, you know you need stage time, and it, it turned into something really special. I would try rooms here and there, and then they would always fail, and then this one just kind of clicked. And then, uh, you know, it was, it was great. Uh, the, the young comic, uh, Brendan Donegan, that's a part of our crew. And, and uh, you know, I've been, I'm managing. Uh, I, I told him that you always said all the rooms that we did, we did, uh, a you know, 11 different states together, uh, 14 different states in three years. And uh, with you, me and Mad Dog. And I always say that all the rooms are you used to tell me are ninja training. And because I would put you in a country club or a hotel or a bar and you'd have to do well no matter what with different audiences. For sure. I mean, yeah, if you want to become a great comic, your gigs were always great for that because, uh, you, yeah, the situations were not always ideal. I mean, you still have one. Wait, hold on. Slow down. <laughs> Can you hear me? No, no, no. He's taking <laughs> I'm notes. I'm taking notes. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, yeah, one of your gigs is in still in like in the, the in a building that was built in like 1600. The floor is fucking half, halfway sloping down. And we're, there's no stage. You just walk in there. There's 14 old people, uh, and it's a beautiful spot. What's the one that's in that in New you Jersey? You got to be more specific. It sounds like all his rooms. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is it Robin's uh, Nest? What's the one? Robin's Nest. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Rob, Robin's Nest. Yeah. And I mean, the, the gig is fun as hell. You've been doing it forever, but you know, a lot of your rooms that you do are not set up you know a lot of times for comedy so you got to really be funny and and uh, and get creative on on getting the room together and uh yeah so it was it was great i mean you know i came up to i still do your room your rooms are still great i love them i still do well last time i did your room was not that long ago i mean i still fucking do your rooms <laughs> did he freeze him again he froze oh yeah. there he is he's back he's like a goddamn oh. robot <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still, I still do any. I'll still go and do Robin's Nest. I love it. I've done it. Yeah, like, we, you know what it is about Joel's rooms is you're right. Sometimes they're not set up, but the audiences are always so supportive. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, he's the king of getting. I mean, they king they, of they, having they, a great audience. Yeah, they're yeah. I mean, they're the girl. They're all meetup groups, and they're and you know, Joel's grooming them all. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, I mean, I do think that it's important, no matter what level you get on, that you can still play those kind of rooms. You have to try to work those muscles because it helps, you know, like I was just doing the, the improvs and funny bones for a while. And then I got thrown in an urban room and I died the worst death and go, I used to be able to do those. Man. And I had to like go back and start over, man. It's like the movie in, in Rocky. You know, you get too spoiled. You got to go back and play the hard ones. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, I don't think we're going to see rooms for a long time. You know? So, I mean, it's good that you're trying to be – do as much as you can this way. You know, not not with us. But, um, you know, obviously you're trying as little as fucking possible with us. But the things you're doing <laughs> for yourself, you really – 
working hard. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think we're looking at like a year or two. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, but you you're also doing um, characters and stuff. Yeah, I've started. Uh, you know, originally I was doing a lot of that. You know, about ten years ago I started doing that, and then I had a couple of characters that just you know we shot so many different ones and there was like two of them that formed a fan base. And then I was lucky enough to sell tickets. People wanted to come see me live to see those characters wow. in certain markets. And uh, then I stopped doing them for a while. And um, yeah, now I've recently started doing them regularly again and it's just fun right now. So right now I'm just doing them. And uh, so I basically I'm doing everything I just want to do right now. I'm just doing it. I'm not thinking anymore. It's actually like it just it, it, where the business is kind of shut down. It, the silver lining of it, I think, is just like it's kind of back to basics. It's like everything's an even playing field. We there's all no rules. Like there's no rules. We're all kind of starting over. Yeah. So might as well just do whatever makes you happy and feels creative. And because you don't have to worry about fame or money or anything. Yeah. It's just all about the fun right now. And that's kind of refreshing if there's a silver lining in this horrible thing. Um, maybe that's it. Yeah, you gotta enjoy whatever you're doing because I, I mean, there's no way to climb a ladder right now. Which is why I don't know why I'm here every night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was I was telling these guys that was first that first weekend at uh, Times Square Art Center with Marisa. You you sold out. I think it was three or four shows of 300 people each, and and uh, Angelo was hosting. And then you came out after uh, Sergio opened up for you. And then when you did your own set, you're like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. You could hear, like, the silence in the room. And then Angelo came back. They did a check spot. Angelo – and people are thinking, if you left to go do another spot, how the hell is Marisa going to come out? And then all of a sudden, you, you hear over the loudspeaker, you're like, Angelo, they didn't come to see you, Poppy. Give me my stage. And they – dude, they, you got escorted down the hall, the aisle – by security because people were trying to tear at your clothes and it was something like it was like Justin Timberlake just walked through like I never heard that at a comedy show I'll never forget that well you know it was um it was very interesting because it was I had I was ahead a little bit where the business is now what me and Jesse were doing back then with our own production company and doing videos and it was a little ahead of where it seems to be now where everything is the internet but yeah, it was sort of a an early indication of how powerful the internet was because that was just a video I shot in my living room. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it sold shows out for me. And, you know, we've all done TV. Like TV nowadays, you do a late night set. I mean, it means absolutely nothing. It's because all the eyeballs are, are on the internet. So it was really early and it was like we were all kind of looking around going, what is going on here? But it, it's sort of the norm now. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of, sort of internet it was an internet viral video. Well, we have, we have a clip. Show the clip, Joey. That's the problem is I don't know what I'm going to do now that fucking I finished the Tiger King. I fucking binged that shit. You know, everybody's saying, oh, this, you know what? Take this time and learn something new. I don't know. Take up pottery. Learn how to paint. Learn a new language. Pick up Spanish. Learn how to fly a plane. Do yoga. Listen, your personality or who you are is not going to change just because you're at home. You're just going to be more and more of who you are. That's it. That's like when people get money, they say they change. Nah, bitch. They just become who they truly are. Because deep in us, we all little pieces of tiny little shit. We're little fucking dingleberries. That's it. We <laughs> Can I just say something? 
You change that red wig to a gray wig and Joel will fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, oh. Richie. It's good to see you, Giannis. Joel, hey, you know what the best part about this is? Joel's whole family watches every single thing he does. I know. They're used to me. They're going, you too, Richie? Eat too, Richie? Eat too, Bruton. <laughs> That's funny, Giannis. Yeah. They're used, Joel's used to be doing it on stage live in front of the people and the whole thing i'm talking about him right there now when you when you do stuff like that you you just specifically write for her like well, i mean it's one thing to do it in your living room but but then to go i gotta get up in front of an audience and do this is most of it ad-libbed or is a lot of it scripted like do you well when with the characters doing them live you know i obviously decided to do them live to make you know because there was a demand for it so it was like ah people are gonna buy tickets i'm gonna do this so i went in not knowing how to do it but uh you know instincts kind of organically led it to a two-man formula like when you're doing a character i don't know i mean if you're if you do a character and you get up there by yourself i guess i guess hats off to you but that doesn't seem to really work that well you know it's kind of you need somebody to push it forward and set you up and so me and Angelo Lozada, Angelo, you know, me and Angelo met. He he messaged me as soon as I created that character, and he he loved it, and he wanted me to come on his internet radio show. And then from there, it was just kind of, it took off from there. And me and Angelo together, you know, we we must have done I, I, no exaggeration, somewhere between three hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty shows together with the characters. And I had a I have a Greek character too, Panos, and so eventually I love this we did a character. show where we would do both the characters and Angelo was the setup man. He would stay on stage with the character. And we had bits that, that to answer your question, we wrote, um, we wrote in the green room before and we would test it on stage. And if they worked, we would do them again. We, uh, we basically wrote on stage riffing with the characters and, and, and tuned it up as we toured with it. And we got bits down two man bits down. I mean, that would really pop. That would really fucking work, you well know? One of the last road trips that I did with Angelo, we were talking about this, and he said to switch up the show. You, you used that, you know, headline, but then uh, then Marisa would host instead of headline, and that would that's what made you an even better comic is because the crowd would be there for her, and they would get such a large reaction. Then you have to come out by yourself and follow that, and that's not easy. Yeah, no, it was uh, especially when it was like in its heyday, like you said. Yeah, it was really kind of like a. It was like a frenzy when she would come out. And at first I would go first because I knew everyone was there to see her. But then I wanted the challenge of forcing them <laughs> to sit through her and then see me, who really they could give a shit less about me at all. <laughs> I mean, they probably were going like, are you fucking kidding? A lot of them didn't even know I was a comic. They didn't even know. Uh, some people even thought Maurice was a real person. They're just there to see her. And it's like, so I just, Jesus I just. Christ. I just did it and I just kept doing it and the audience would go along with it and I'd force it. And it would, you know, it was scary at first because I was following, you know, something that was a lot more popular than me, <laughs> but you know, it, they, it, the shows would go good. She'd go well. And eventually my standup would go okay as well. You know what, you know, what's amazing is the, the name you brought up. We've been doing this show for a while and, so many comics have come on and somehow Angelo's name comes up all the time. Like he was so, he was such a giving guy. He was connected to everyone. You know, I mean, I, I started out with Angelo. That's, you know, and, and like, 
for you to be telling me, oh, I met Angelo, and, and Angelo said, let's do this, and dude, I love this character. And I, he just he, he was just one of the best people I ever met in this business, you know? Uh, you know, I, I love, I, I think about him every day. I miss him every day. Uh, he was one of the closest people to me. We, much like Joel, just shared so many memories, you know, on the road together. And, uh, it hurt. It hurts. It's something that doesn't stop hurting. And, um, it's, he was one of the best guys that you'll ever meet anywhere. He was yeah. so positive. He's just a rare breed. He was always very positive. And always just happy for you for whatever you got. He was, right. which is very rare. No jealousy. There was no jealousy. There's no jealousy. He's just very happy for you. He really fucking enjoyed life. That's yeah. That, that, that is really hard about it is he enjoyed it. I mean, he, the little things of life he enjoyed, like he was the guy who smelled the roses. He was the guy who enjoyed loved a good meal, loved exploring good new food with his wife. He loved cultural stuff. He was a Renaissance man. He loved all types of music. He loved sports. When you had a conversation about sports, he really loved it. He loved watching it. He was really, he really enjoyed it. He was a genuine guy. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, he was an older guy who kind of, uh, you know, kind of guided me a little bit um, with that character as I came up. And uh we just became close friends and um, we shared so many moments on stage together that, uh, you know, and that's a connection when you're creating comedy with somebody in the moment where that pressure's on you to not bomb and stuff. You know, it, it's almost like now when I do the character, I'll be honest with you, a little bit of it is I, it kind of like keeps him alive a little bit. He loved that character so much. There was even points where I didn't want to do it anymore. I got sick of it. And he would always say, come on, and then, you know, let's do it. He, he wanted to do it. And he, 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 we did a podcast together with the character, and he would just laugh and laugh and laugh at the character. And most of why I enjoyed doing the character was to make him laugh. So now when I do it, I, I got to say a little bit of it is always like I, I think of him when I'm doing the character. And that's a nice thing. Well, talk about talk about the video when you were down the last set of shows that you did down in Miami at the Improv. He was backstage. He didn't tell a lot of people, but he's fighting stage four cancer. That music pops out, and you happen to videotape that, man. You would have no idea that this man is going out, pouring out his soul to bring other people laughter while he's fighting for his life, and you would have no idea. Well, we I, we oh. did know. Yeah, Glad nobody, I made you yawn in the middle of that, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, Jesus fucking, Christ, bud. We'll, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap it up. You're already laying down. Yeah. When you know, that's when you know a question is too fucking long, man. <laughs> and uh, we did know, and I, I did know that uh, it was going to be the last one. I knew where he was along, and um, I wasn't even going to do the character that weekend, but I decided that let's do it. I even, I, you know, Sergio even came with us. I was like, Sergio, I'll bring you down. Cause that's that's when we started doing them, that's what it was. It was me, that Sergio, was and him. And Sergio hadn't done them for a while, you know. So, uh, and we all got back together, and we did one last trip in Miami, and uh, it was just fucking magical. It was just nice. We all kind of knew it was gonna be the last time we were all together touring together. It was the last time Angelo went on the road. Um, and uh, he had, you know, he had a little pocket where he had enough strength to do it. But, you know, he would just go back to the hotel room and rest, rest, rest. 
But uh, he he was it was his joy to be up there. It's what he loved to do, and we got one last run in, and and I'm so thankful for that. And um, I also just got to talk to him right up until the moment he died, and he was at peace with it, much like Angelo, just very positive, worried more about other people than himself. And uh, he told me at the end that he was at a you know at, at a strange type of peace about it, and. Uh, he was still alive when I, I, I put up a big tribute to him and, and people started doing tributes to him. And you, you saw the outpouring of love. And I said, I asked him, I was like, how does it feel all that love? And the last thing he said to me, the last thing, and I have it in text that he said to me was it's overwhelming. And that was the last I heard from wow. him. So I'm just glad that he saw that he saw how much he was loved because he really was. And John Steinbeck said, you could tell everything, about a person when they die you know it's like the way people react when you die is really who that person was when they were alive you know it's like and that that's who angelo was he was he was a phenomenal human being and a very talented uh versatile comic as well yes tell me tell me his voice and his cadence didn't come through his son that night when he started speaking uh, yeah, gave, it's, gave me it, chills brother dude here's the thing that gave me chills is so at gotham uh, comedy club yeah how do you know I was there. I was sitting behind you. Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. It's oh, my God. Well, you know, yeah. it's true though, what you say about you really know what a man it was when he dies. And it tells you a lot about Joe because we see him die every time he's on stage. <laughs> so, listen, Giannis. Ah, that's the best way to end it. Look, we got to get out Joe, of that, bro. Whenever Joe's no, but bring you up on stage, you're going to meet him. He's going to be dripping sweat from the adrenaline rush he's gonna stutter your name and his shirt's gonna be soaked in sweat <laughs> yeah we gotta have you back someday when you're awake it'll be a good show just um, imagine how funny he is when he's yeah, awake after a cup of coffee thank you so much Giannis, for being on the show guys that was drinks jokes and storytelling last thank call Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.